Walk with the King podcast is proud to present Christmas with Cook, 12 days of hand-picked Advent-themed broadcasts leading up to Christmas Day. We're happy to ring in the Christmas season with radio friends like you. If you'd like to support our ministry, please consider donating using the link in our show notes. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? I certainly trust so. Bless your heart. This is your good friend, Dr. Cook, and I'm so glad to be back with you to share from the Word of God. We're looking, you and I, looking into the 23rd Psalm. We've come to verse 5. We talked about the fact of God's provision, thou preparest a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You never need to worry about your critics. Let God handle them, and in the process, he takes care of you as well. And then he says, thou anointest my head with oil. We were talking about the anointing oil the last time we got together. Do you recall? Uh, in the Old Testament sense, of course, the anointing was particularly for priests as they were initiated into the priesthood and kings when the prophet uh, or other representative of God's message uh, would anoint them uh, to be king over a uh, given group, royalty and priesthood. And of course, immediately then we turned to First Peter where he said, ye are a royal priesthood, a kingly nation. The God puts the, the blue blood, so to say, of royalty in your spiritual veins and you become a member of his royal family and not by any choice of yours, but because of his matchless grace. He loved you, sought you, bought you, saved you, adopted you into his family, and gave you major joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, but he gives you the privilege of ministering the things of God. You are a, a royal priesthood. You not only then have royalty, but you also have the inestimable privilege of approaching into the presence of God and bringing others with you. See, this is the thrust. This is the important point, uh, let us say, about the Christian life. Not only are you going to get to heaven, that's important, of course, but on the way, God is giving you the, the uh, indescribably sweet and precious privilege of introducing other people to the Lord Jesus Christ as God's royal priest. You have a priestly ministry, believer. Are you exercising it? How long has it been since you prayed with anybody for salvation? That may be an embarrassing question, but if it is, let it be. You and I should be sharing our blessed Lord Jesus joyfully, enthusiastically, and effectively with other people whose hearts, you know, are hungering for the bread of life. Then he says, not only the anointing of of royalty and priesthood, but then there's the the oil of reproof. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be an excellent oil that shall not break my head, said the wise man. There is that special God-given, loving way of expressing concern for another believer. Have you discovered that? Many people are like a human bulldozer. They they just rush in roughshod and ride over other people's sensibilities and say, well, if they don't like it, that's their problem. Well, no, it's not just their problem. It's your problem, beloved. You don't have to be like an accident going somewhere to happen in order to be spiritual. Did you know that? 
You can learn by the guidance of the blessed Spirit of God to be loving and kind and tactful and uh, your words to other people can be, as the Bible says, an excellent oil which shall not break my head. Have you learned to deal with other people's frailties in love? Now I know that some people have the gift of just uh, just uh, irking you. Isn't that true? My good friend Roy McCandless used to talk about some folk who had the gift of discouragement. <laughs> well, I know of other people who have the gift of, of uh, irking you and bugging you. <laughs> they just seem to have that as their specialty. They'll come and say, I know you aren't going to like this, but I'm going to tell you for your own good. And immediately you feel yourself tightening up and defending yourself inwardly before they've ever said a word. Have you learned how to deal with other people's frailties in love? Oh, that is so important, isn't it? How do you want to be treated when when you have the need of, whether or not you know it, you have need of some counsel and guidance? How do you want people to treat you? You want them to be kind, don't you? And you want them to understand where you are coming from, as the kids say. You want them to have some kind of empathy with your situation before they try to change it. How often we have said to other people, you just don't understand. And, of course, oftentimes they don't. Oh, learn, my dear friend, the secret of dealing with other people's frailties in God-given love. The love of God, Paul says in Romans 5, verse 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us. Oh, I want to be that kind of person, don't you? Yes, we do. Well then, going on, considering this matter of the anointing oil, you have in Isaiah 61, 3, the oil of joy instead of the spirit of, of mourning. The oil of joy. Now, do you know the difference between happiness and joy? I suppose you do, don't you? Happiness concerns our reaction to circumstances. There's a little British chorus that I've never heard sung on this side of the Atlantic, but they used to use it on the other side. I'm happy when everything happens to please, but happiness comes and goes, while the heart that has stayed on Jesus the Savior ever with joy overflows. Happiness happens, but joy abides in the heart that is stayed on Jesus. Beautiful, isn't it? Well, it's so true. Happiness or unhappiness is geared to circumstances. And the Bible nowhere says that you and I should be happy. You remember this person who had joined a, a religious cult that believed that everything was wonderful, you know? Everything's wonderful. Well, he met a friend of his uh, some weeks later, and the friend said, well, how are you getting along with your new religion? And, and he said dolefully, I quit. Oh, he said, I thought it was so great. Yes, he said, but I got tired of being so blooming happy all the time. <laughs> Well, you're not you're not really required to be happy as a Christian. But God's provision is that in all sorts of adverse circumstances, your life can be filled with the joy of the Lord, the oil of joy, instead of the spirit of mourning and heaviness. Now, how does that occur? Well, there's joy in salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. 
Think for a moment of what God has done for you, and your heart will begin to warm with love and joy in his direction. And then there's the joy that comes from the word. These things have I spoken unto you. Jesus said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. There's the joy of doing the Father's will, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father on high. The joy of doing God's will. There's the joy of uh, of uh, bringing people to, uh, to uh, the Lord. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's the scriptural uh, source of the song that we used to sing, bringing in the sheaves. Uh, When Dr. O.J. Smith was alive, he used to invite me to come up to People's Church in Ontario, great church now pastored by his famous son, Paul. But the O.J. would uh, would supervise the missionary pledge offering, which was taken once a year in their missionary conventions. They raised, and still do, millions of dollars for foreign missions. Uh, somewhere along the line, Dr. Smith would say, well, let's sing Bringing in the Sheaves. And so they'd sing Bringing in the Sheaves, you know. And then he'd say, let's change it, Bringing in Chinese. So they'd sing it that way. And then he'd say, well, now we don't want to leave anybody out, so let's sing Bringing Others In. And so on. he'd he'd have all sorts of variations on that bringing in the sheaves. Why? Well, because God has that way of winning others to himself as you and I get the gospel message out across the world. The joy of winning people to Christ. The joy of seeing the Lord Jesus exalted. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, said John the Baptist, and the, and the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth aside and hears the bridegroom, rejoiceth greatly at the sound of the bridegroom's voice. He said, this my joy, therefore, this is John chapter 3, verse 29, this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled, the joy of seeing Jesus work and hearing his voice. See, now, none of these things are related to circumstances which ordinarily bother us and or hurt us or break our hearts or discourage us or threaten us. Circumstances can do all sorts of things emotionally to you, but underneath, there's the joy that never fades and that never subsides and that is not, thank God, not dependent upon the circumstances around us. Oh, do you know about that? The joy the oil of joy. I wish that I somehow could could transmit this truth practically to every one of you dear friends who are listening. You don't have to be the victim of circumstances, beloved. You don't have to be down and discouraged and gloomy because things aren't going right. I'm not saying you have to be happy. There's a lot of things that that produce unhappiness. I never heard anybody say, oh, goody, I have a big cavity and I have to go to the dentist. Goody, goody. You know, you're not always happy about things that are right, even. So uh, the Bible doesn't say you have to be happy. The Bible does say that you can have abiding joy, that my joy might remain, said he, in you. It's an abiding relationship with Jesus 
that gives you that good, solid awareness that God is on the throne and he's not going to forget you and everything is in his blessed hands. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. The oil of joy instead of mourning. Well, we'll not get to some of these other concepts uh, before the end of this broadcast, but just before we sign off, let me remind you that there is a blessed, holy, divine oil that flows through empty, clean channels. And we'll get at that the next time we get together. It's found in Zechariah chapter 4, the pipes through which the holy oil can flow. Paul used a little different figure of speech. He said, In the great house there are many vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and easy for the master to use. So whether you use the figure of speech of a, of a pipe through which oil flows or a vessel that contains something valuable, either way, the lesson is the same. You and I need to be channels for God's blessing. We'll talk about that the next time we get together. Dear Father, today, may we be filled with thy joy. In Jesus' name I ask this, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.